0: hey guys it's brant and i'm back with another panel has spoken video and today we're back to show the results and reveal the results of what you guys voted on for unmasked and today i have my trusty partner in crime rick with me and have a guest panel member john b good who is joining us because he has a little bit of a story his own story about unmasked and i love hearing panel members' stories. So, John, first off, um, before we get started on anything, tell us a little bit about your background and your history with Unmasked.
1: Sure. Well, I was born in 74, um, the year that you know, Kiss basically took off. Um, I had an older brother that was 12 years older than me, and he had pretty much all the albums, and I remember just being three years old I can remember being three years old and just staring at those album covers, listening to kiss in his bedroom. Um, <clears throat> in 1980, um, I was, I think six years old. And my brother took me to Klein hands music store in Buffalo, New York. And I remember he purchased the unmasked album. Um, I was with him and we were just, we were thinking both of us, um, that you open up the, the, uh, gatefold and you're going to see Peter, Ace, Gene, and Paul without their makeup for the first time ever I mean, because back then there was no internet I mean, uh-huh. people, I mean, it was just word of mouth so uh, my brother had it in his head that he's going to open that album and you're going to see Peter and Ace, Gene, and Paul without the makeup and I remember we didn't even make it We, I think we got out of the store sat down in like a food court or something, opened it up and we were like, oh geez they tricked us, you know but um, I just remember that story of, of doing that. And um, my brother, shortly after that, probably a few months after that, um, he got involved with a, a girlfriend that was in this uh, Christian youth organization. And he pretty much threw out all his Kiss records. They had a bonfire and burned them all. And at six years old, I remember staring at the pile of records. And I'm like, I got I to gotta take at least one of them. So I, I took out Love Gun threw it under my bed or something, and I still have that album to this That's day.
0: Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. With save, the love gun, too. S- save the love gun. <laughs> uh, Rick, what about you?
2: Um, this was actually my very first piece of Kiss merch ever. Um, I didn't know that the poster existed. I, I, did, I was probably 19 at the time. This is in the late 80s. And uh, I didn't know the poster existed, and I bought the record at a uh like a antique store for seven dollars and walking back to my car, pulled out that poster and my jaw hit the ground. I didn't I, I knew the poster existed because of exposed. You can see it in the background in Paul's living room. And uh, but I didn't know like it came in a record. I was brand new into this whole collecting kiss thing and, and being a fan. So It was huge to me Uh, it almost felt like i got to experience what little kids experienced in 1980 and i i love this record it's bubblegum fun i love it it's in my top five
0: all right um my experience with unmasked of course i was 11 when unmasked came out and this was an album that for some reason or another um remember i always tell the story about my sister uh, without going into too much detail about our family history and everything, that my sister actually was my half-sister and lived. she lived with my aunt at the time. And um, I remember she she had a little bit of competitive edge and her family had a little bit more money. So during this time, she was really collecting Kiss memorabilia, and she just had all kinds of stuff that I didn't have. I, was, I had a single mom raising two boys. You know, so she can only do so much. And so I remember my sister got unmasked before I did. And I remember going over to her house. So I'd go over there and spend the weekends with my sister and my aunt. And, um, and I remember looking at unmasked. Um, and I remember thinking the same thing, John, that, holy crap, they're going to take their makeup off. And I knew that it wasn't on the cover, so I was thinking it had to be something on the inside. And what I saw in my head, for some reason, was that KISS was going to, they were going to pull a fast one somehow, but they were going to be unmasked, but it wasn't going to be an actual photo of them. What I expected, and this is what I saw, was you see the picture on the bottom of the album cover, where they've taken their make, they've took their masks off. I think it's funny that they portrayed them as masks. Mm. Um, and Gene had his finger sticking through the the hole of his mask like a tongue. I always thought that was cool. But I thought you were going to open up the poster, and the poster was going to be uh, a, a drawing of them without makeup. Mm. So you mm. really didn't see them without makeup, but it was still a drawing of them with four dudes without makeup. Of course, it wasn't. Um, as far as uh, I remember being slightly disappointed in this album after Dynasty Uh, I was hoping for another Dynasty and there are some there's some Dynasty-esque songs on here there's also some solo album could have been solo album leftover songs on here and we'll get Mm -hmm, into those mm -hmm. as we go that I'll I'll share my thoughts on that but kind of a, a weird thing that goes on, went on, was going on with me at this time while I was I was 11 years old. You guys are both boys, both guys. You know about 11 years old what starts happening to a kid. It's the hormones start. If they haven't started already, the hormones start. And for some reason, although KISS has had many albums with sexual innuendos in it, Love Gun and just all these, you know, Plastercaster put your hand in my pocket, grab onto my rocket. All kinds of stuff. I guess it was because I was kind of starting to come of age. This is the first real sexual Kiss album, the Kiss album that seemed sexual to me. And I just remember thinking there's so much sex and sexual suggestive images in the songs on this album. Naked City, I remember I used to, Whenever I saw the title and I heard Naked City, I want that's the first song I wanted to listen to. And <laughs> I I just remember she's so European. That's a very erotic song. You know, she makes love on a brass bed because her parents are still awake. I mean, just those yeah. lines like that just supercharged these hormones that I had going on inside of me. So this album always seemed <laughs> It's my first album, Kiss album, that I viewed as a sexual Kiss album, even though it wasn't. So that's just weird. That's just my little, <laughs> my little bi- my little perverted little Brant story about this, uh, about this album. Um, yeah. So this, this was, this is like this album's like soft porn for me. When I listen to it, <laughs> when I listen to it, I get, I get taken back to the 11 years old fantasizing about some girl in class that I probably would have had a crush on. I remember about this time in school, I got, I got detention because I wrote a letter to a girl asking her if she was a virgin. And, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, just, just, we've, oh boy. You know, just, awesome. I mean, it's just, you know, like I said, I feel myself, look, look how red I am. I'm this is like confessional here for me. This, so this is my dirty <laughs> kiss album. This is my, you know, uh, but still yeah. I have, there isn't a song on this album that I don't like. Um, there are some that I like a whole lot better than others and like previous albums in this, in this era. Um, my top five or six could all be number ones. Uh, but I had no idea how the panel was going to pick on this. And so I basically just kind of predicted, almost kind of lined up with what I felt. And I felt, yeah. well, maybe I'm a general, you know, a general barometer of how the KISS community feels. And so we'll see if I was right or not. We'll see if we yeah. were all right or not. So um, so we'll go ahead and get it. Yeah, into- I, got at
1: least, I got at least three picks that I was pretty much the same as the panel you know so yeah it's gonna be interesting how this goes
2: i i never uh i never look at any panel people prior to doing this like i i see it they'll they'll pop up on my phone and i just i hide them because i don't want to go in knowing like what people are thinking Mm -hmm. i just yeah
0: yeah and i've said before my list and my predictions i usually have them made before i even put the post out because I've usually listened to that album. Like right now, this week, I've been listening. This past week, I've been listening to The Elder. Because I'm getting ready for The Elder. And The Elder Post will be hitting about the time this video hits. And The Elder Post to, to get your list in for The Elder Post or for The Elder uh, Panel. So, um, but yeah, usually the week prior, I'm already listening to it, digesting it, writing my list down, writing it down again going back and watching one of my old review videos and seeing how I felt then. And and it, it's crazy to see um, how I changed just in a year. So, um, so yeah, so let's talk about the panel. Uh, 85 on this panel, still a strong showing for wow. these early 80s albums. Uh, actually quite surprising and, and very nice. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy to see. Kind of curious to see what The Elder is going to bring out because I know The Elder is kind of a, a cult Favorite. Um, but so let's talk about these eighty-five panel members. We have myself and Rick and John, and then from Facebook, Mark Hilliard, Frederick Scalen, Ray Kelly, and Frederick I believe is uh Sweden from Sweden. I talked with him a little oh, wow. bit in private messages. Uh then Instagram Kiss Posters, which you should check out Kiss Posters uh on Instagram. They show some pretty cool kiss posters. Uh, AJ Zetro, our boy Aaron. Jay Spence Metal, Gregory Pegg, Tony P, Sweet Dan. Sweet Dan got in on this one. Finally. Uh, of course, you know, Dan, uh, uh, Rick's friend Dan that he always talks about. Uh, okay. Twitter, we had Where's Drago, Darren Helliwell, Bill Sharp, Eric Mosiu, Tom Dust, Jack Skellington, Tony Rod, Dave Cranston, David King, Sam Loomis, Sean Dehan, Jeff Wyatt, Zim, Dave Kinney, we had Chris from Pot of Thunder weigh in on this one. and we really appreciate that. Everybody check That's out cool. Pot of Thunder. Really good podcast. Um, Ace Van Deuce, John Schaefer, Vincent Marone, author, Colin Paradine, Julian Davies, or Julian Davies, D88 Racing, John Gross, Exile on My Street, Horror Gal Susan. She has an awesome horror channel. Check her out. Aladio, Steve, Paul Teplius, Matt Ch- Chouat, Hank DeGraff Party Man and then from YouTube Emily Graziano, Gullamine Chabason, that toy bonnie guy, Brady McCatherine, Sandy Graziano, Super Kiss Twelve Hundred, Jeremy Kimona, Demetrius K, Good to see Demetrius back, Dwight Manning, Young and Wasted, Trevor Bullock, Jom S. B. Nina K, Perpetual Art, Travis Muller, Travis Mulgard, Darklight, Kiss Crazy Eighty uh john howard and oh kiss crazy 80 really cool magazine really cool uh posts he's uh videos he's got rick i saw you put up the first kiss centerfold and i mm. went over and checked out some of his other videos he's got some he's he's just getting started but he's got some good stuff over there already mm-hmm. john howard les wadley orville dunworth john o j lee matthew smith d matthew smith keith Needo. Paul Bartolino, George Doley, Jay Reed, Joel Pegg, Mikael D., Mark Stewart, Brian Stacy, Tom S., 3SV, 1333, Greek Freak, Two Gay Dads, Vapor Man, Aiden Pro Dalton, Kiss Hard Rock Metalhead, or Kiss Carolina Hard Rock Metalhead, Sublime 130, Indy Cult 777, and Guitar Man. So that is our panel, guys, for Unmasked. A very nice, impressive panel indeed. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've, I've counted them up, and I've crunched the numbers, and we have eleven tracks on this album. So we're going to start get started with number eleven. So, John, since you're the guest, what did you predict that the panel was going to choose for number eleven?
1: My panel prediction for number eleven um, is what makes the world go round. Okay, um, I just. And in, in my opinion, I think it's The Weakest Song, too. Um, but that's uh, that's what I predict the panel will predict or pick.
2: <clears throat> I said, for number 11, I said Easy As It Seems.
0: Okay. And I predicted, um, I, I was kind of in the frame of mind as uh, John. I was kind of going back and forth between... Um, you're All That I Want, What Makes the World Go Around. I kind of thought, to me, those are kind of... I always felt was kind of the weakest on the album. I know that not everybody agrees with me, but um, so I predicted that What Makes the World Go Around would be the what the panel would pick for 11. What the panel actually picked for 11 with 331 points is You're All That I Want. Uh, You're All That I Want, Uh, four panelists, Where's Drago, John Schaefer, Gullamine, Chabasin, and Super Kiss 1200 picked You're All That I Want as their favorite song uh, on the album. And that just goes to show you that Kiss makes songs that are for everybody. Even if it's a song that we don't like, there's a song, that that song, somebody else loves it. And uh, for me, I picked this as uh, my number 11 uh, as well uh, and because um to me it's just it's it's just uh, it's the last track on the album and I just it feels like a last track type thing um, it's got a good solo in it, and I kind of like how gene sings on this one but it's just i don't know it just never really it never really connected with me. So I choose this, a number 11 for me. What about you, John? Where do you choose You're All That I Want for you?
1: Um, I chose You're All That I Want as number 10. Um, It's just, to me, it's just, it suffers from, like a lot of songs in this. I think there was just way too much keyboard, you know? Um, I think Vinnie Poncia just added way too much keyboard. I mean, keyboard's okay to a certain extent, but... I think he just went a little bit nuts with the keyboard. <laughs>
2: um, I, I chose this at number four. I ranked it pretty high. Um, I To me, this is a Gene Solo song. Mm-hmm. It's got that feel to it. And what you mentioned, John, um, there's a panel in the Kiss prehistory comic where Paul is talking to Vinnie Poncia, and granted, this is a comic book, but he says you made this album too slick and poppy. And I, I totally think this song's a perfect example of that panel from that comic book because the demo of this on the box set is amazing. And uh, I fell in love with the demo on the box set. But, yeah, I ranked it at number four. I like it because it has that Gene solo feel. The demo feels like it's Gene and Paul just sitting in front of a like four track. That's what it feels like. No. and it, it's got a very cool vibe to it
0: yeah, I agree. this album um this album is very overproduced and very overpolished and uh, and the I'm not totally opposed to keyboards because there's some songs on here the keyboards fits perfectly, and there's some it's just like really why uh, you know so anyway, uh number 10. What do you guys think, John, what do you think the panel was going to choose for number 10?
1: I predicted the panel would pick You're All That I Want
2: for number 10. And I said She's So European.
0: All right. And I'm cheating off John's page right now, and I said that the panel's going to choose You're All That I Want also. um. (laughs) Surprisingly, but yet not surprisingly, that's not what they chose. Um, for number 10, at 369 points, the panel in, the panel chose for number 10, Torpedo Girl. And uh, just a lot of people, they, it, it's the lyrical content that got to <laughs> them. Um, uh, but uh, just from the comments that I saw, two panelists, though, Party Man and Guitar Man, Guitar man, not guitar, Uh, guitar man and uh, party man picked this as their favorite song, and uh, I, me personally, I picked it as seventh. I like Torpedo Girl. I love the bass line in it, and I love the guitar in it, and I love that riff Mm -hmm. that dun 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 dun. -dun. I love that riff, Um, Mm -hmm. and that that little interlude he does that dun dun -dun 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 dun just. It's good, but the lyrics. "Mm, I thought I'd go out and take a swim today. Mm. You know, uh, but I mean, torpedo girl. I mean, you know, we know what he's talking about. Come on, get your feet wet. You know, I mean. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's. You know, we we know what what torpedo he's talking about.
2: It's gonna be an X-rated panel.
0: Yeah, uh, but uh, (laughs) I just, I just. I like it, but uh, and it's 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 Ace. And if anybody's gonna make a comical song on a Kiss album, it should be Ace. He's the only oh, yeah. person that that I feel like can make a comical song and get away with it. And uh, he did it borderline on his his album a lot with songs like "Wiped Out" and stuff like that. And uh, "Torpedo Girl" is kind of like a "Wiped Out" uh, for uh, the Unmasked. It's the comical. Yellow submarine ish type song uh, for the album, but I choose it seven on my list. So, what about you, John?
1: I chose it higher up. I chose it as number four. Um, I'm a guitarist, so I, I appreciate that riff that bass does. I mean, um, it's actually a pretty complicated riff, and it's it's. I just love it. I love I love the guitar work in that song. But I agree, the lyrics, are, the lyrics are a little weak. I think, uh, I think Poncia, didn't any Poncia co-write that with Ace? Yeah.
0: yeah, Vinnie Poncia injected himself a lot on this album in the songwriting process.
1: So, um, yeah, I, I picked it at number four, though, just because I just love that uh, guitar riff and the bass. I mean, I think Ace played the bass mm-hmm. on that as well, which he really showed his musicianship. And mm-hmm. dynasty, and unmasked. I mean, he was playing all the guitars and the basses for you know for most of the songs. I mean, I think he really on dynasty and unmasked. He really came alive. Um, I just wish some of the the lyrical content was better on some of his songs on unmasked. But mm-hmm. I picked it as number four.
0: Okay,
2: I uh, picked it at number ten. Um, again, mainly for lyrical content. It's just kind of goofy. But uh, I do like that the riff almost feels like a lead kind of, like, thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, I, I always like that. My first memory, of course, would be my friend Danny, Sweet Dan, 1970, learning this drum intro. As you know, that blew my mind because it's kind of kind of very technical, Anton Fitch,
0: uh-huh.
2: It's got that great palm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's jazz, man. It's jazz. Uh-huh. It really is. And then that bass line comes in. Uh-huh.
2: And and one thing I one thing I, I wanted to discuss with you guys cuz this I've never heard anything where did the intro come from the like the siren and the and the man battle station torpedo because like some kiss man has got to have tracked that down yeah. does anyone know I don't know you can tell it. You, tell it. you was... tell go ahead I'm
1: sorry I always thought it was Vinnie Poncia you know, doing that part, you know, man, battleship, torpedo, but maybe it's Ace. I don't know.
2: Huh? I've always wondered that because around (laughs) the same time as I'm diving into Kiss, like Dr. Feelgood was huge. And remember in Dr. Feelgood, there's that intro of Dr. Davis, telephone, please, Dr. Davis. And I remember back then in the late eighties, Danny and I found that sound bit in a commercial. So I've always wanted to know like where this torpedo girl intro came from was it like a movie was it like a you know just sound clip but yeah i ranked it at 10 um great music great drumming great bass playing and like you said brant it is kind of jazzy drums Mm -hmm. but yeah lyrical content wise it's down for me
0: yeah i think the intro where where you hear the the submarine sounds and then you hear the horns Mm -hmm. and then you hear the man battle stations torpedo the the very first man. It almost it's sounds t- like it's cut off. Yeah. It's it almost it, it's almost like they just took three different sound bites samples and kind of meshed them together. So it would be kind of interesting to see where all this came from. It really would be. Uh, so that takes us up to number nine. And uh, so, John, what did you predict the panel would choose? Uh, predict. What would you predict they would choose for number nine?
1: Let's see. For number nine, I predicted the panel would choose easy as it seems.
2: And I predicted what makes the world go round.
0: Okay. I thought that the panel was going to choose for number nine. I thought they were going to choose Naked City. Uh, and what the panel chose at 391 points at number nine they chose Two Sides of the Coin. Wow. This With, is,
2: I didn't think a songs would be this low. It, Me either.
0: It blew my mind that Two Sides of the Coin was as low. Torpedo Girl, I could actually see it because of the lyrical content. I've heard that for years. People hate mm-hmm. the lyrics to Torpedo Girl. Uh, but Two Sides of the Coin, I thought was a fan favorite on this mm-hmm. album. Uh, and I thought the Ace songs in general were fan favorites on this album. Uh, but only one panelist picked Two Sides of the Coin as their favorite song. And that is John O. John O was the only one. And uh, me, I love Two Sides of the Coin. I actually picked Two Sides of the Coin for me at number three. Uh, I love this song, it's a rock song. Even though Vinny polished it up as best as he could. Two Sides of the Coins is a rock song. I love the way Ace sings it. And I love that the guitar solo is basically Anton Fig going off on doing all these fills on the toms. And I definitely learned yeah. how to play this when I was a kid. This was one of my favorite songs to play on the drums. And this is one of the songs that even though Peter was on the album cover, and I remember knowing that Peter was in bad shape during this time, You'd heard about The Wreck. You'd known about some things. And I believed these albums were coming slower. And as a kid, I remember blaming Peter. I remember blaming it's because of Peter that they're not getting albums made fast enough because he can't get his crap together. Uh, You know, and uh, Peter didn't even play on this album and only played one song, you know, reportedly on Dynasty. But I remember hearing Two Sides of the Coin for the very first time and going, nope. Not Peter. I've never heard him play anything like that ever. Nope, not him. Uh, yeah, so I hate that Two Sides of the Coin is number nine. I picked it as number three for me. What about you, John? Where'd you pick it for you?
1: Um, for me, I picked Two Sides at number six, right in the middle. I, I, love, I love that tune. It's got really tasty guitar riffs. Um, I just love it. It's a great song. Um, and you know Ace really he, he gets in the higher registers when he's singing that uh, chorus. Mm-hmm. You know he's he not a bad singer. I mean I, I know a lot of people putting it down for his singing, but he wasn't that bad. I I you know, I, I dug his voice, mm-hmm. but yeah I put it at number six,
2: and I put it at number nine. Um, I I thought the panel was going to choose the Ace songs way higher. Um, personally myself, it's number nine. It's a very cool song. Um, this is almost Ace finding his gene in a way, like those, you know, I met some ladies, I met some girls. Uh, this is a, almost a, a Gene Simmons type lyrical song, but uh, man, great, great drum fills in that metal section. Mm. And uh, it's just this is one of those songs that makes you wish that Ace would have contributed to Creatures. Can you imagine how cool those songs would have been
0: for that record? Oh. But... They
2: would
0: just... have been
1: right in Ace's Element. If it had
0: just held on a little longer. If mm-hmm. it just held on. Where they were going with creatures and lick it up, I think when they took the makeup off, Ace would have been in his element, man, because Ace oh, yeah. Ace hated the makeup. He hated putting it on. Um Peter at one point in time said that he hated putting it on. And uh heck, just me putting it on, putting on each member's four times back in October, <laughs> I couldn't imagine doing that. Day after day after mm-hmm, day after no. day. It's a pain in the ass to do it. Um so yeah, I mean I do appreciate that they still put the makeup on uh for us, but kiss could be KISS is gonna be KISS to me, whether they are unmake up or make up. It's it doesn't mm-hmm. matter to me. All right. Okay, so now we are up to number eight. So, John, what'd you predict the panel would choose for number eight?
1: My Pick for the panel for number eight is She's So European.
2: I predicted the panel would choose tomorrow.
0: Okay. My pick for number eight that I thought the panel was going to predict, uh, that I predict, was easy as it seems. And what the panel actually chose at number eight with breaking into the 400s at 404 is uh, What Makes the World Go Round. And it shocked the shit out of me that What Makes the World Go Round beat Torpedo Girl and Two Sides of the Coin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but some people, they love What Makes the girl, World Go Round. It is very poppy. Uh, four panelists, as a matter of fact, love it enough that it is their favorite song. Bill Sharp jack skellington tony rod and greek freak um all love this song uh it is uh it is pop at its best it is bubblegum mm-hmm. pop at its best and it's funny that we think of bubblegum when i think every time i think of bubblegum i think of the little the little blow packs that came out the Chew Bops that came out mm-hmm. and i had several of those uh that's one of the things i'm going to recollect is i'm gonna try to get a chewbop uh for for unmasked um But me, I picked this song 10th. It is one of the songs on the album. If they would have made this a 10-track instead of 11-tracks, they could have cut, as far as I'm concerned, they could have cut either What Makes the World Go Round or You're All That I Want, and I'd have been okay with it. Um, Or cut both of them and made it just nine tracks. Uh, But um, I don't hate it, but it's just not my... I found out found out what makes the world go round. But now I love, I love the, I love the verse. And I love where Paul goes into that, where he sings his little falsettos. And, you know, it's even more of a prep for some of the falsetto work he would do in The Elder. But I just, when it gets into that little, it gets in that little chorus, man, it's just like it loses me. So what about you, uh, John, where'd you pick? What makes the world go round for you
1: personally? Personally, I, I put it last. I put it at number 11. I, I just, I can't get past the chorus just like you, Brent. It's just, it's so cornball. I mean, the verses are are okay. I, I'll give you that. The verses are okay, but the, when you get to the chorus, it's just like it. like, it sounds like something that could be in a soundtrack from some Really bad early '80s movie.
2: <laughs> that's, that's exactly that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, um, I rank this at number eight. Um, I I like this song. It, it to me, it has like a Woolworths vibe, like a Woolco. Like and I know that probably doesn't make sense, but um, it's very disco pop. It's very k to me. Um, it just. It, to me it goes hand in hand when I say Woolworths it goes hand in hand with like the the kind of lameness that the merchandising was taking in the 79 era um, 79 80 era I I mean I love that merch but it did get hokey and silly and to me this song sounds like that era perfectly and uh, I, I even put in my notes it totally sounds like it could be like a, like a montage in, an, in a like police academy movie or something.
0: <laughs> and when you say K-Tale, I grew up in the k era. And when mm-hmm. you say Woolworths, I, I, I totally get it. Music, <laughs> Movie montage, totally, totally, totally. Uh, this is one that, like I said, I would have liked to have heard a demo of this and heard it in a raw uh, form. Um, so, up to number seven. And it's going. It's getting kind of interesting, guys, because uh, we've had some contenders that I thought would have been up inside the top five that have already fallen prey. Um, so it's going. It's going to only get more interesting as it goes. So we're up to number seven. So, what about you? Your prediction, John?
1: Um, I said the panel was going to pick two sides of the coin for number seven. Um, I really didn't think they'd pick it lower than that. I thought they would kind of keep it sort of the middle going into the end of it, but um, that's where I thought they would pick it.
2: Number seven, I thought the panel would choose You're All That I Want.
0: Um, so I thought at number seven, the panel was going to choose Talk To Me. For whatever reason, I thought that was going to be the lowest-picked Ace song. So far, it's mm. looking like it's going to be, at some point in time, the highest pick because we've already outed two of them. Uh, what they actually picked at 441 points is, at number seven, is She's So European. Uh, and two people, Brian Stacy and Sublime 130, picked it as their uh, favorite. I picked She's So European uh, as my number four. For this to be a Gene song, and for this to be the content, that's a Jean song. Uh, it's unusual, but I love "She's So European." I've loved it since I was a kid. This is one of those songs that stirred up all kind of erotic thoughts in my <laughs> head. Um, uh, you know, I could. Uh, this song is very visual to me. As soon as Jean as soon as Jean starts singing, it's like the projector in my head comes on and the soft porn starts the cinemax you know max after dark starts playing uh, i'm telling you man i feel dirty right now i just feel dirty in my I own think state. i
2: think we all feel dirty
0: but yeah she's so <laughs> european man this is the soft this is the soundtrack for the 11 year old soft porn uh, in my head i could it,
1: see this in a porn movie back in the early 80s yeah, this song um, yeah.
0: <laughs> but I, I love she's so hard. European. I love I love 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 this song this this song. What about you, John? Where did you pick my soft porn soundtrack? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well I I picked it lower. I picked I picked she's so European at number nine. Um I would have I think I would have liked the song better if they would have just increased you know ace's guitar up a little bit more or paul's guitar up it just the guitars are just way too down in the mix um and again the hokey keyboards in there um i don't hate the song but it's just it falls at number nine for me
2: i chose it at number five um i've i can't i I, I see i see you grinning
0: while you're doing it you feel dirty right Uh, now don't you (laughs) the the funny thing is like
2: i i I, your comments are are great and i'm never going to be able to look at this album the same now but as a kid i didn't i was like what does she so european mean does that mean like she has like a bush she shaves like what what does that mean and so, as a 45-year-old man, I'm still kind of curious. It it means bisexual, right? Is that what she's so European means?
0: I don't know really. Uh, I don't really know what it means. I think he's just trying to say that the, I always got out of it is she is trying to be chic. She's trying okay. to be everything. She's trying to be European. Not that okay. she is European, but like the part where he says she still speaks with an accent, so so he's saying that she already speaks with an accent. She still speaks with an accent from her week. So in a week's time, okay. she picked up an accent.
2: Okay. You know? Yeah. Um. I ranked it at number five. I do like it. Um. Yeah. To me, it was always kind of like a Christine sixteen part two.
0: Yeah. Um. I portrayed uh, her as being young too.
2: Yeah. Uh, and I also thought. You know gene's marketing Howard Mark's sort of mind, I think he thought this would be a hit in the overseas market, mm-hmm. just from the title, but yeah, uh, number five for me, and I do feel dirty
0: after yeah. listening to you talk about yeah. this song. <laughs> yeah yeah okay, okay, so I'm gonna take you a step further, and you're gonna have, no. you're gonna need a shower mm. after this
2: okay, <laughs> Now the funny thing was, I'm just gonna tell all the panel this. Last night, Brant messaged me on Instagram and said, "I have a lot of thoughts on unmasked. I can't wait to
0: get out." Now we know (laughs) it's confessional (laughs) for me, man. I'm telling you, Uh, the the worst and the kinkiest thoughts comes during the uh, "I wanna hold her tight all through the night." That whole part there that that the way I wanna take my time and you know what he's doing and is that her screaming? I, and then it goes into that dirty, just little short couple bar solo. Just it's like maybe three or four bars. But I just love at the very end of it, Rick, where he says, and I think it's like I said. I think it's somebody he's that's trying to be chic and trying okay. to be something they're not, because he says that lyric, and we're not, we're not. Uh, podcast or Shout It Out podcast. You know, we don't break down and analyze songs here, but um, not too much. But he says, as as she looks in your eyes, you see through her disguise. Okay. So I think he's just saying, you think you're European, but you're really not. I know who you are. But he does say she's one of a kind and out of her mind, so she's crazy. And you know how that crazy uh, can be, and I'm going to leave that right there alone because... I need a shower. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's move on past. So we're at number six. So, John, what would you predict the panel would choose for number six?
1: I predicted the panel would choose tomorrow for number six. I thought they'd put it in the middle.
0: Okay. Um,
2: number six. See, I'm all flustered. Uh, Number six, I said Torpedo Girl.
0: (laughs) Torpedo Girl. All right. Well, Rick, I cheated off yours on this one. I thought number six, Torpedo Girl. I thought it'd be, even with panelists not liking the lyrical content, I thought since it was ace, it would pull it higher. Uh, But I was wrong. Um, We've all predicted this song lower. Uh, I think all three of us have predicted it lower. And it's finally coming in at number six. With 462 points, the panel chose easy as it seems. And um, easy as it seems, we had seven panelists. Eric Mosio, Dave Cranston, Zim, Dave Kinney, Demetrius K, Young and Wasted, Kiss Crazy 80, pick that as their number one. I picked... Uh, I picked... Easy as it seems, as number six for me. It's the first song outside of my top five. My top five could have all been ones or twos. Easy as it seems to me is a Paul Stanley construction. It could have been on his solo album. Uh, Some people hate the bongos. Being a drummer, I actually like the bongos. Uh, I'm okay with the keyboard but I think it could have done without the keyboard because it actually has a keyboard solo before it has an actual (laughs) guitar solo. Uh, I could have done without the keyboard in this, but keyboard being in it isn't what pulls it down for me. It's just I've got too many songs I like above it that I have to put it at number six. So what about you, uh, John? Where did you put Easy As It Seems?
1: Let's see. I I put easy as it seems at at number eight. Um, It's another one of those Paul Stanley songs that just doesn't do much for me. Um, Easy as it seems when you're losing out on your dreams. I mean, not not one of his best lyrics, so I put it at number eight. Um,
2: I put easy as it seems at number 11. Um, It's... uh i agree it feels like a paul solo song um i, I love the keyboard solo it's kind of kind of <laughs> cheesy but,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> so much
2: fun uh but yeah it's it's not his greatest moment i think as as a songwriter but uh funny kind of on the porn thing <laughs> i uh there's a picture in history of the unmasked tour and there's a a picture of Paul like sitting on like a road case, and this like, gorgeous blonde is like hanging on him, and he seems so like disinterested. But the girl is gorgeous, and I've always associated like this song is about that girl, mm-hmm. even though I, you know he didn't meet this girl until Australia. But that's kind of my little brand brand <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> perversion of this record.
0: This song has more of those uh, sexual uh, images. I hear you sleeping with one of my friends tell me why. Um, but I like you know, I see you crying without any tears like a child. I love some of the it's not his best lyrical work, but he still has some gems that shines in yeah. it. Uh, good imagery.: Good He has some good imagery in it. So that brings us to the top five, and uh, it's going to get interesting. And um, so, John top five number five prediction for you
1: i predicted the panel would choose torpedo girl as number five i thought they were gonna i thought they were gonna put it in the top five i was wrong
2: yeah and i predicted two sides i thought that would be in the top five
0: yeah i predicted uh number five, I predicted wrongly, but I predicted that they were going to choose uh, She's So European. I thought that they would like it just a little more than I did, and it would be one of the Gene songs that would get stuck uh, in the top. Um, but at number five, with 542, so we jumped into the 500s, we went from 462 points with Easy As It Seems at number six to 542 points. So there's definitive separation between the top five and the rest. Uh, So people are starting to solidify in what they really like. Um, At number five with 542 points, the panel chose the third and final Ace song, Talk to Me. Mm. Um, So Ace song Mm. didn't make it higher than than number five. That's crazy. Um, Seven panelists... Uh, Colin Paradise, D. Eighty Eight, Racing, John Gross, Emily Graziano, Dwight Manning, Keith Nudu, and one other picked this as their number one song. Uh, I picked it ninth. Um, and I, before I get stones through at me, cause like i uh, you know, <laughs> I thought you'd drunk the blue Kool Aid. Um, I love this song. I love this song. I adore it, except for the chorus gets a little long because it's talk to me, talk to me. I'd be okay if he didn't say that too much, but they repeat the chorus a lot. And at the end where they're just doing the talk to me, he, talk to me, he, talk to me, he, it just gets, I'm just like, oh my God, just talk to the man. (laughs) Just talk to him. Okay. It's like water torture. It's like dropping on my head. It's like, just talk <laughs> to him. Um, but yeah, so the, the the chorus and the repeat of the chorus at the end just kind of does it for me. But I love the verse. I love the solo, that... It sounds like it's... You're the guitarist, John. It sounds like it's a little bit of a slide there at the beginning. Some slide guitar work going on there at the beginning. So what about what about you, John?
1: Well, it's my favorite. It's it's my number one. Um, and it always has been. The first time I heard it, you know, I, I listened to, you know, the first time I listened to it was when I was six years old. So I don't really remember too much about it back then. But when I bought it again on cassette tape, and I think it was 1986 by the time I bought it again, um, you know, I started out listening right from the first song. And then once you get to that once you get to talk to me, it's like, Oh, thank God, rock and roll is back again. It's like mm. thank you, Ace, for putting some rock and roll on this album. And I just I love it. I love I love the ending, the talk to me. He you know, I I love it. I just love the whole song. I love the the guitar solo. I just think it's I just I think if there's pop perfection on this album, I think it's talk to me. I love the song.
2: Now are we going to get a uh a, an an unmasked cover from you for on your on your channel, a guitar cover. I'm I'm. If I were to do one, it would be "Talk
1: to Me." So there maybe you I'll go. do that soon. I'm yeah, looking I'll forward to, to that. that soon.
2: Um, I ranked uh, "Talk to Me" at number six. Um, when I first heard this song, we were watching um, VHS bootlegs like crazy, and Inner Sanctum was one of them. And so this is huge in that. So I did like it. And I also loved, you can, at the beginning, that very first guitar riff and verse, you can take your uh, balance on your stereo and move it to the left, and you just hear kind of like the keyboard with his vocals, and then you can move it to the other side and get the guitar with his vocals. I love doing that as a kid. That was always fun. Still do it to this day. But yeah, number six for me.
0: Okay. <clears throat> number four. 4 what's the prediction for your what's your prediction for number 4 John
1: let's say i predict the panel would pick is that you at number 4
2: i said the panel would choose naked city
0: okay number 4 i thought they were going to choose two sides of the coin what the panel actually chose at 585 points and number 4 is Tomorrow, um, 13 hmm. panelists, A.J. Zetro, 1975, J. Spence medal; Gregory Pegg, Darren Helliwell, David King, Sean Dehan; Ace Van Deuce, Matt Uchwat, Trevor Bullock, Les Wadley, Michael D., 3SV, 1333, and Colts 777, pick tomorrow as their number one. And I picked tomorrow... As my number two, I absolutely love tomorrow. It is one of my favorite Paul Stanley songs, and I know that it is polished pop. I know that it is bubblegum, it is as bubblegum as the chew pops uh and uh it is um but it is a Paul Stanley constructed song, and tomorrow is one of the songs that whenever I'm driving down the road and this song comes on. It gets turned up, and if the if it's warm enough outside, even the, la- the week I was listening to this, we had a kind of a warm Indian summer day come through, and it was, the temperatures was relatively mild. I opened the moonroof on my mini. I rolled my windows down. I was blasting tomorrow. I didn't even turn it down when I got stopped at red lights, and other cars had their windows beside me, and I was singing right along with it. If you don't, there's something wrong with you um it's 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 a great it's a great and i know it's pop and i know it's got keyboards and it's got sound effects and all that other kinds of stuff in it um but it's a great paul stanley song so i picked it uh, as my number two so what about you guys john
1: well i put it right around the middle i put it at number seven um it is a really good construction. You know, it's, it's another Paul Stanley construction. I, I'll give him credit for that. Um, it was constructed really well. I just, it's just not my cup of tea, and I, I, I don't get into the hand claps. Um, but uh, I could see this song on his solo album. It's definitely got a Paul solo album sound to it.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm I'm with you, Brant. Number two for me. Um, Almost was number one in my book. Uh this is classic Paul Stanley. It's got the like turn on the night hook, the uh, tomorrow and tonight. It's got that sort of vibe. It's bubblegum rock but it's it's beautiful. I love the hand claps after I didn't know just what to say. To me they sound like a they, they sound like uh pool balls in a queue. Yeah. Like so anytime I'm around a pool table I always sing that line and... <laughs> Uh, this song is just so much fun this is like pure rock and roll fun and I love it
0: awesome awesome you'll stay my friend for another week (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding alright so number three let's get down and dirty they're going to punch it out all the way to number one Uh, Titans Up here so, um, number three. What's your prediction, John?
1: Number three, I predicted the panel would pick Shandy.
2: Okay, I said the exact same Shandy at number three.
0: Okay, I predicted tomorrow is where what they were going to they were going to pick tomorrow. So, at five hundred and ninety-four points, then number three. The panel has chosen Shandy. Mm. 13 panelists, Frederick Shalen, Ray Kelly, Steve, Sam Loomis, That Toy Bonnie Guy, Sandy Graziano, Duam SB, Darklight, J. Jay Lee, Matthew Smith, Paul Bortolino, Aiden Pro Dalton, all picked this as Shandy as their number um, one song. And, despite the fact that a lot of people says that this isn't a KISS song because uh, no member of KISS performed on it other than Paul. Um, no member of KISS performed on some of Ace's songs other than Ace. Hmm. Mm-hmm. A little double standard there. But I don't drink that much Blue Kool-Aid. But Shandy is my number one song on mm. this album. I have loved Shandy since the day I heard it when I was 11 years old. It is it is and always will be my favorite song on this album. With Tomorrow nudging right up next to it at all times. Uh, Paul, yeah, Paul, I love Ace's songs on this album. But just, I would keep Unmasked just for Shandy and Tomorrow to me. Uh, I love Shandy and I, I just can't say enough about it. So what about you, John? Where did you pick Shandy for you?
1: I, I was right with the panel. I picked it at number three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's it's probably my favorite Paul Stanley ballad. And I just wish that it, it, it would have been so much better if he would have had this song on his solo album other than, um, what's that song? What was the uh, Hold Me, Touch Me? I'd rather have Shandy... Hold me you me. mind your um,
2: mind your mind your manners there, John.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I'm 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 i in your camp, John. <laughs> I'm just playing.
1: It's just a great song. I mean it's constructed so well. I love I even love the keyboards. I mean the keyboards kind of make the song and um I don't know who plays the keyboards in that song. I don't think it was Vinnie Ponzi I think it was somebody else. It was a female. Outside. It was a
0: female, I can't remember, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Paul played, the Paul played the mm-hmm. solo. Paul played the solo. Paul can solo better than people thinks he can. Mm-hmm. Speaking of speaking of Hold Me, Touch Me, the solo at the end, one of my favorite Paul Stanley solos. Oh, I yeah. love it. It's a great solo at the end. Uh,
2: I chose this at number three. Um, I'm with you, Brant. From the first time I heard it, I loved it. Uh, I'm very seasonal when it comes to music, and Unmasked is a very spring record. And so April comes around, you know, you got to make a batch of strawberry Kool-Aid and you have to listen to Unmasked. And Shandy is the first song I go to. And I'm sure as a a little kid drummer, you had to love the intro to this song. Uh (laughs) And and speaking of the keyboards, I love that last line, when we should say goodbye, those... Mm -hmm. And then that great drum fill again. I mean, soul... (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah, love the song. Yep. Um, Shandy, I kind of thought about something. And it kind of gave me chills while I was while I was uh, thinking about it, listening to you guys talk. Shandy to me is it's like this is a song that has stuck with me more than the album itself as a whole has.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Shandy on more than one occasion since I was 11 years old, um, and even into. Later adult years, I'm talking like in my twenties um Shandy has been like one of those pills that I have taken to console me during a breakup. It has mm-hmm. been a a breakup consoler, a soundtrack to a breakup i mean just just the opening line, cold chills. I just can't pretend no more. I keep running out of lies. loving you is killing me inside. I'm I'm out right there. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. that's, that's amazing. Every time I try to find the words to end it, something in your eyes won't let it. I mean, it's just, it, it is genius. If you cannot appreciate the musical style of it, you got to appreciate the song itself as, as a song. And, um, yeah, see, I get choked up. Yeah, this song is, this song has consoled me during many a breakup and during many a, a relationship going bad or something like that. Uh, like I said, all the way back till, and I've had plenty of them, all the way back to when I was a kid. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's that, and that's why it's kind of it's one of those. Rick, you know, we've talked about you have songs that they become a part of you. Mm-hmm. They, you just don't like them, but they become a part of you. Mm-hmm. And and Shandy is one of those songs to me. It goes beyond just being a song. Yeah, it's like. like
2: in your d. De- it's like in your DNA. And it like, become
0: mm-hmm, yeah. It becomes a part of you. So, all right, top two. So we're going to, by process of elimination, if you've been playing along. And guys, let me tell you, just a little break right here. I really love the fact that you guys share your comments down in the video for this, talking about you guys playing along. People send me stuff. The stuff that you PM me, if you don't mind, post it in comments. I know you can't post pictures in comments, but you can post pictures uh, on social media and stuff like that where people send me their predictions, and they're like, "Oh, I predicted so many out of this correctly." Uh, share that with other people. You still have to share that with me if you don't mind, because it's really cool to see the, the the panel and the community around the panel as a whole uh, sharing in things like this. It's just really cool. So, um, and I love it when you guys do that. It's great. Um, so, top two, Mr. John, who do you predict? What do you predict top? What do you predict number two is going to be?
1: Well, um, I thought the panel was going to choose Talk To Me as number two. I thought they were going to put it up there in the top two. Um, That's where I picked it. Okay. That's where I picked the panel.
2: Yeah, totally. I I totally agree. I thought Talk To Me was going to be way higher. I picked it at number two.
0: Okay. Um, I predicted that they were going to choose – just because of things I've heard over the years about this song, I thought that the panel was going to choose for number two. I thought they were going to choose Is That You? Um, and once again, a lot of people caught flack over this. They said they didn't like this song. Uh, they they didn't like Is That You? Because it was a cover song. And I'm like, there's a lot of Kiss songs or cover songs. And, you know, you can't. You, but anyway. Uh, so at number... Two, jumping into the 600s, Uh, top one and two really separated themselves, Uh, 656 points. Number two, the panel chose, is that you? So I picked right. Uh, 14 panelists, Kiss Posters, Tony P, Sweet Dan, Jeff Wyatt, Chris from Pot of Thunder, Paragal Susan, Paul Teplis, Frank DeGraff, Jay Reed, Joel Pegg, Mark Stewart, Tom S., Two Gay Dads, Vapor Man picked Is That You as their number one favorite song on the album. I picked uh I picked uh Is That You as number five. Uh it's it's in my top five. It could just as easily be uh three or four. It's not gonna be one or two, but it could be three or four um because uh i like this even it's a it's a even though it's got pop all over it and it's and it's uh really polished uh it's it's still rock and i love the way it comes in hot paul just going ow and it coming in Whoa. uh I love Paul pulling his best Elvis impression on this. uh, (laughs) On the bus, too. You know, I don't know what all he was doing, but he sang in a way that I'd never heard Paul sing before. And uh, I I loved it. I love Gene coming in on the... Is that you calling up my stares? Great solo. And uh, Mm. I I, I think it's the best way... If, that's just the best way to start this album. I couldn't think of any other song on here that I would start this album with. Uh, and I remember liking it the first time I heard it. So for me, it's uh, number five. What about for you, John?
1: Um, I put it the same as you. I picked it as, or I put it as number five. Um, I love that song. I mean, um, before I knew it was a cover, back when I was listening to it in the 80s, I didn't realize it was a cover. And I always thought the opening line, cats drooling on the bar stool, I thought he was making a reference to Peter Chris leaving the band. Because um, that's right around the time where I kind of knew, I think we figured out in some magazine that Peter didn't drum on Unmasked. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like a little sly line that Paul was putting in there. But now I know it's not because it was written by um, some other guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that song. I love. I love everything about it. it's number five for me
2: um i ranked it at number seven it's just never been one of my favorites um growing up with sweet dan 1970 i mean he loves this song and would just play it all the time um i never the only part i really dig of this song is that that bridge um the you know you always get the i love that Mm -hmm. um but it's, it's a fun song, and I don't think, you know, I never thought when I first listened to this record, I never thought like, oh, this doesn't sound like Kiss. To me, it sounded like a Kiss song, and to learn it was a cover was kind of mind-blowing. But it's always fun to learn that those facts because Kiss has that ability to take someone else's material and make it theirs.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know this probably isn't popular opinion, but to me... You could have stuck. Is that you on Dynasty? It would, would to, it, you know, yeah. to me. Di- to me, is that you would have fit on Dynasty. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you've been playing along at home, you know by process of elimination which song is number one. So, but we're going to go ahead and do our predictions. So, John, what did you predict the panel was going to choose for number one?
1: I predicted the panel would choose the best Gene song on the album, Naked City in
2: my opinion. I predicted the panel was going to choose Is That You?
0: Okay. I predicted the panel was going to choose Shandy because I just wanted it to be number one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I know a lot of people don't like it, so I knew I could not. I don't know. Like I said, I got I put, I put myself in my prediction. Um, but at 681 points, very definitively, the panel chose... And to me, surprisingly, when I tallied this and I was like, what? Surprisingly, uh, the panel has chose 681 points. Number one, Naked City from Gene. 15 panelists, Mark Hilliard, Tom Dust, Vincent Maroon author, Julian Davies, Exile on My Street, Aladio, Brady McCatherine, Jeremy Kimona, Nina Kay, Perpetual Art, Travis Mulgar, John Howard, Orville Dunworth, George Doley, Kiss Carolina, Hard Rock, Metalhead, all chose Naked City as uh, their number one song. And for me, I picked Naked City surprisingly low at number eight. But that does not mean that I don't like this song. Naked City, to me, is another one of those songs that really um, I didn't get when I was a kid because I heard the song Naked, and I remember there was a point in time that my aunt my aunt was the one who bought this album for my sister. And she told us, she looked at it, and she's like, I don't want y'all listening to Naked City. <laughs> and so we're like, okay. Um, and of course, that's probably, I think, the first song we went to. But then I didn't get it. I didn't get the metaphors and the references when I was 11 years old. we um, where at the very beginning, and all the people have turned to stone. No one's happy. They're all alone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what does that have to do with being naked? I don't get mm-hmm. it. But then older women with younger men, I got that feeling I'm in trouble again. Yeah, I like being an older woman. You know, so so, you know. Uh hello here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. Uh so you know, I was like, This one of my another one of my even though the metaphors are not quite there as much as some of the other songs. Um
2: Eleven year old Brant's door slowly closes.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you know yeah, you know, I was in middle school at the time. Uh, you know. I think i might have had my first sex ed class by this time and i knew what things looked like uh so you know i can tell you i just i feel dirty i'm gonna need a bath
2: you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna have to title this like unmasked u-n-m-x-x-x-e-d
0: yes yes i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to put a little disclaimer at the very beginning of it warning soft pornographic images portrayed
2: warning Brant pulls back the curtain
0: (laughs) Brant lets you in hit for children yeah in my head is not always a very uh, clean place to be (laughs) Uh, so what about you John where'd you pick Naked City
1: I struggled with this because I went back and forth between Talk to Me and Naked City for number one and I put Naked City at number two it's it's like uh to me gene didn't show up as the demon on this album until you know naked city you see the demon in there um you're all that i want and she's so european you don't see the demon in that Uh, but naked city is such a great song it's well constructed i think he covered that with is it bob hulick yeah and um i think it's a great song um a, probably a song that could have been on gene solo mm-hmm. but um yeah i put it on number, number two for me
2: um <clears throat> absolutely number one for me best song on this record that bass line that bass line alone is so good and so much fun it's almost like you can sing the bass line um and this is i said this before in dynasty this is um dracula demon this isn't the vampire demon this is the dracula demon the uh the kind of seductive demon and uh man that bass line a couple of months ago a, a clip came out of a japanese fan playing this song on on like an axe bass and it was so good i i just oh. applauded that that fan to the to the highest mountains so much fun that bass line and my absolute favorite song from this record
0: But yeah, so that closes the uh, dirty chapter on Unmasked. (laughs) Uh, So, But that wraps it up. And I remember being a kid, they didn't even tour for this album because I was ready to go see them on tour again. After seeing them on tour for Dynasty when I was 10, I would not see them on tour again until they toured uh, for Creatures because they didn't tour in America for Unmasked. They didn't tour at all for The Elder. Uh, they did promotions and stuff like that, but they didn't tour. So, And then they did a very limited tour for Creatures. If you didn't catch them early on, you didn't catch them, period. Um, but So the next album we're going to be moving on to is The Elder. And uh, so by the time you see this video, the post will be out there to get in your lists for The Elder. Um, and the way we're going to do The Elder is... The Elder has an intro at the beginning, the fanfare. Um, We are going to compile... We are going to combine fanfare and Just a Boy together. So So, put the two of them together and vote how you would do that. Don't let the fanfare... If you don't like the fanfare, but you really like Just a Boy, then just grade it on that. Don't let it pull you down. But on the thing... I'm going to have Fanfare slash Just a Boy. And then I've already had people... People are apparently excited for The Elder because I've already had people asking me uh, how are we we going to do what? And there's a spoken track at the end uh, after I. We're not going to count that at all. It's not a song. And I almost didn't count Fanfare, but I figured, well, I'll just stick Fanfare at the beginning because to me, in my brain, I listen to those two songs, Fanfare and Just a Boy, I listen to the two of them kind of together as one big song and so that's how I want us to grade it so anyway get your lists in and be sure to comment down in the comment section what you think about how everything fell for unmasked and that's all that we've got so John you got any closing thoughts on the panel or on unmasked in general
1: Um. I guess my only closing thought on Unmasked is yeah, as a kid, I really wish that they would have had one Peter Chris vocal. Um, I know that, you know, looking back now in retrospect, I mean, Peter was just too far gone at this point. But it, I think it would have really added something to the album just to have one Peter Chris vocal. Did you realize that when, when you were, how, how old were you in, in 1980 when Unmasked came out, Brant? I was 11. You, like, I was 11. Did you did you realize that he wasn't on that album when you first got it?
0: Not when I first got it, no. But the rumors had been flying around that Peter... I kind of came to that conclusion on my own. But then I remember reading in 16 or in Circus or in one at Hit Parade and one magazine where there was an article where Peter was actually on a hiatus and he wasn't actually... Uh, participating in the recording of, uh, he didn't participate in recording of unmasked, and wasn't going to be participating in any future recordings. And you know they fired him mm-hmm. out on the day of the closing of the Shandy video yeah. when that shoot wrapped. They they fired him, and he was. We've all heard the story where he was left alone in the in the in the dressing room, and I mean that's just a sad way for a career with a band to end. Um, but in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. he did it to himself. Rick, you got a closing thought on Unmasked?
2: No, uh, other than this is the one album I wish there was a box set for. Um, yeah. I yeah. think the demos for this would be amazingly fun. And uh, John, it was incredibly cool to meet you. And uh, Yeah,
1: nice meeting you, Rick, and thanks, Brant, for having me on.
2: Yeah, yeah and no I, I totally, uh, I'm looking forward to talk to me as a cover from you. So definitely I'm going to do it.
0: get on that. You put them on your uh, YouTube channel, yeah. John. Okay. Well, everybody check yeah. out John B. Goods.
2: Yeah, he, he did a, uh, Oh yeah.
0: I was going to say, everybody check out John B. Good's YouTube channel and check out his videos.
2: Mm-hmm. He did a, uh, you did a cover or, or a demo the last time, right? Yeah.
1: Cause I got the inspiration for that one because you were talking about how you had a band mm. when you were a kid and you know, I, um, dug up my old, uh, demo that we did in a four track studio when I was, um, geez, probably 15 years old or so back in 1990, I put that on my channel and it was just kind of cool just to listen to, you know, what we did as kids back in the early nineties, mm-hmm. you know, when you thought that you could, uh, make it as a uh, <laughs> musician,
2: you know, those are the good days. Yeah.
0: That takes some dedication right there, man. You just have to pretty much, in the beginning, you have to be married to that music career, that that is your mistress, your lover, and your wife all combined into one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay, guys, before we open, speaking of mistress, wife, and lovers, before I open the soft porn box back up, we're going to keep it closed. (laughs) We're going to keep it closed, and we're going to end this Uh. video. So thanks to my partner in crime, Rick, and our special guest, John Be good. Check out these two guys' channel. Be sure to give them a subscription and be on the lookout for that post for the elder and get your list in. All right, that's all I've got for today. Brant from In My Head channel. We'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for watching.